How is everybody? Everybody looks so excited to be here. Um, well, just a few announcements for this morning. Um, if you didn't already catch it, small groups have restarted. Um, there are two options. Um, the first one is at 6.30 on Sundays um, here at the church, and it is called Life's Healing Choices. So if that sounds interesting to you, 6.30 to 8 here at the church every Sunday. Uh, then there's also a Wednesday night option um, that starts at 7 o'clock here at the church, um, and it's called Immerse Messiah, and basically it's a trip through the New Testament. Um, so essentially reading verse by verse, uh, no chapters, none of that, kind of reading it as uh, the Bible was initially written or intended to be read. So uh, is it chronological as well or just... Okay. I just I couldn't remember if it was chronological or not. But anyways, um, no, no books, no chapters, um, no verses, just reading it straight through like it was initially read. So in about eight weeks, we're going to be covering uh, the entire New Testament. So I can tell you from experience that reading the Bible in that large of chunks is an incredible experience. Um, I had a, the chance to read the entire Bible in 90 days. Uh, if you haven't done that before, I definitely recommend it. But it's so cool to see how everything plays out. Um, you know, over the, the entire story of the Bible, seeing it in such large swatches like that. Um, ad additionally, on the 3rd, um, there will be, which is what, today, right? Yeah, today, the 3rd. Um, there's a membership class here at the church. So if you are planning on staying, just let Pastor know, um, and he'll get you the additional details. Oh, no, my announcements went away. Um, the kids... And the youth are going to be going to Cool Springs Corn Maze on the 16th of this month. Uh, it's $5 per person. So if you know anybody who might be interested in that, um, have them get in touch with Robin or Carmela, um, depending on if it's youth or kids, and they'll get you the info um, about the meetup. On the 19th of this month will be Ladies' Night. That's a Tuesday here at the church. Um, on the 31st, the kids will be um, having Candy Palooza, which sounds fun, and I want to go. Um, but they'll be getting together in costume for fun activities and lots of candy. Uh, so that sounds awesome. And on the same day, uh, we will be having a game day outreach uh, for the Steelers game that day. There will be a chili cook-off. Uh, the festivities will start at 1230. The game starts at 1. So if you can think of people to invite... Um, we'll be making delicious chili, of which I fully intend to win the competition. Um, so just, you know, maybe just don't even come. No, just kidding. Please come. Bring your friends. I'm still going to win. But uh, there will be, uh, I think, prizes for the get, get out of here. Stay in the sound booth. Um, anyways, there will be prizes and other fun things. So come, and it will be a great time. We've done, the, we've done chili cook-offs in the past. It's always been a hit. Um, so... You don't have any other plans or have some friends who like chili or fun or football or however we can minister to them let's uh use this as an opportunity to bring people and show them the love of christ through our delicious chili and my humble winning attitude <laughs> uh, well i'm going to kick uh, kick everything off this morning with prayer
Um, Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to come into your house uh, and just uh, experience you uh, anew and afresh this morning. And Lord, I pray as we go into this service that you would open our hearts, open our minds, fill pastor with your word, Father, um, translate it to us in a way that we will receive and understand and be able to act upon. Lord, help our worship team lead us into your presence this morning, God. We give you all the glory, and we just expect big things today. In your name, amen. All right, let's stand and worship the Lord together this morning.
the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for that, that we get to we get to follow you. When the ways get hard, when the ways are easy, Lord God, we get to follow you because you are the one who makes a way, Lord. In all circumstances and situations, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are that you are overall, you are the king of all. You're the Lord of Lords. No problem is too great for you. No, no difficulty, no celebration is beyond you. Thank you, Lord God. That we get to be a part of your family. Holy Spirit, minister to us today as we continue looking to you, to, to, to glorify you, to be encouraged and uplifted, learning about who you are and who we are because of you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, good morning. good morning. Welcome this morning. I uh, it's been a been a good week. We had a fun, good time of prayer uh, with some other churches yesterday. Um, and thank you for anyone who came and helped. And it was a it was a good time of celebrating who God is. Um, this morning, I am going to be starting a series um, I'm calling Flawed Heroes. And so um, for the next, actually, two months, from now until December, when we start talking about Christmas time and, and the birth of Jesus and, and um, all of that exciting stuff, I'm going to be looking at the book of Judges. And so if you know anything about the Judges, there were some interesting people. Um, and so we're going to look at uh, most of them. Now, if you've ever read Judges, you've probably noticed that a few of the, the Judges, um, it, it's, it literally has one, one line about them. It's like, so-and-so was a judge for this many years, the end. Or like, so-and-so had 30 kids and was a judge for this long, the end. And so I'm not going to talk about those guys, which, you know, God bless them in the Bible, and so we can thank God that we can probably learn something from them, but I'm not going to talk about those. I'm going to skip a couple of those ones because I don't feel like God has anything to share from me to you through them, but read them, think about it, ask the Holy Spirit what you might learn from those guys, but we're going to look at most of them between now and December and what we can learn from uh, these, these people uh, in Judges. Because there's so many things um, that we can learn from the Old Testament, and I believe that the Old Testament points to the perfect hero. And that's why I'm calling it the flawed heroes, because these, these, these men and, and lady, they, they did amazing things, and they helped to the nation of Israel, and they can help us to, to learn and, and, and become better leaders in the church and become better parents and grandparents and, and leaders in the community. But just like them, we are flawed. So there's something that's amiss because they were flawed. But we're going to get started with the first judge. So if you would turn to Judges chapter 1, um, I, I, I want to start with reading Judges chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. So the book of Judges starts off by saying, After the death of Joshua, the Israelites asked the Lord, Who will go 
who will be the first to go up and fight for us against the Canaanites? The Lord answered, Judah is to go. I have given the land into their hands. Now, it's a very weird kind of way to start a book, right? After Joshua died, this is where this book starts. But if you read the book of Joshua, that's actually how that book also starts. It says, after Moses died, right? So these two books are very similar, but there's some differences. Um, and so we're going to be talking about some of Joshua today also, being the first, first judge. So clearly, starting here, the, the people of Israel have a problem. Now, right, Joshua died. That's a problem. But there's more going on. They, they asked the Lord, who will go fight? Who is to go first? Now, it might not seem like that strange of a thing, but the problem here is that they didn't know already. They didn't know what was supposed to be happening. So, um, today's message is called Beginnings and Endings. Because I believe beginnings and endings are very, very, very important. And so the book of Judges is all about that. And so if you've read the book of Judges, you've probably noticed that so-and-so was a judge, and they did something, and while they were a judge, the people of Israel followed God. But as soon as they, do you guys know what it was? Died. What happened? The people of Israel turned to evil. Right, So you can see this idea throughout every single one of the judges. Now, I'm not going to preach the same message throughout every single one, but I felt like the first one, it made sense the most to talk about this idea of this, of this circular idea of, well, we don't know what God wants, and so we're just kind of doing whatever we want. We're just doing things. We're just following after whatever we feel like it. But then somebody comes and, oh, that guy or that lady is the leader, and I'm going to follow them because they know what God wants. So I'm going to follow them. But as soon as that person died, everybody went back to what they were doing before. That's a problem. What do you think the world will look like? Or what do you think things will look like in 40 years from now? 40 years. Anybody over 40 here? I'm not. All right. We've got a, we got a handful of people, right? You don't have to raise your hand if, if you're still under 40. I'm just kidding. Anyway, you didn't have to raise your hand at all. But... 40 years is a while, right? It's been, a, it's been a while. So 40 years is what we typically consider a generation, or at least in the Bible, right? We, we look at Moses, and so they, they, went to the, they went to Jericho, and then the, uh, the spies were like, no, we can't go in there. It's too hard. And so they wandered around the desert for 40 years so that the ones who didn't have the faith to go in there and fight them would die. So 40 years is typically what we think about, and we have no idea what 40 years from now might look like in reality, right? Like we, we, we could assume, we could guess, but in reality, 40 years from now, that would be 2061. Are we even going to be here by that? I mean, like, you know, movies are all like, well, 2020, you know, like back to the future, right? Those times have come and gone. We still don't have hoverboards, but... Um, we don't know what it's going to look like. But when we, when we think about 40 years from now or 20 years from now or two years from now, 
are we building on something? Are we beginning something that's going to leave a lasting legacy that even if we're gone, even if everybody in this room is gone, will there be something more after us? And that's why I believe this idea of beginnings and endings is so important. And we see it throughout the, all of Judges. And these people, they, they, they came to God and they're, they're, they're like, well, God, what do we do? Joshua is gone, the guy who told us everything to do. We don't know what to do anymore, so he's gone, so what do we do? Which, that is the right place to go, correct? To God when we don't know what to do. But it's amazing because God had already spoken who is to go first. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, um, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1 through 9, These are the commands, decreed, and the laws of the Lord your God, directed to me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan and possessing, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all my decrees and commands that I am giving you and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey, so that you, it may go well with you, and that it may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey. Just as the Lord your God, your ancestors promised you, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the Lord, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commands I have given you today are to be in your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk around the road, when you lie down, when you get up, tie them as, as a symbol on your hands and bind them on your forehead. Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. Right? So, so in Deuteronomy, few books earlier when Moses was still around, God had, God had told the people to do this, right? And we still believe today that we're supposed to do this, this idea of, of passing it down, right? Te train up a child in the ways they should go, and when they are old, they will do, not depart from it. Those, those things, we do that. Hey, you know, let's, let's, let's work together, the fruits of the Spirit, you know, the Holy Spirit coming, and so we try to teach that, right? And so Moses had this command of God that we're supposed to do this thing. And so he did it. We all mentioned Joshua, right? Joshua was the predecessor of Moses. So he was doing that. He was teaching someone. And then in Numbers 2, 9, you don't have to turn there, but uh, all of the men assigned to the camp of Judah arose to their divisions. The number was 1, 186,400. They will set out first. So it was known in the company, in the, the community of Israel, in the nation of Israel, that when they camped, right, they had a certain way they camped around Levi, right? Levi had the tabernacle, and, and so the, they would camp like this, and so the other, the other tribes would camp around them in a certain order. But who always went first when they were to go somewhere? Judah. So why did they not know? 
Deuteronomy says, teach these things to your children so that your children and then your children's children and all of them will know about who God is and what God is teaching us. But, the, but then as soon as Joshua died, they, they were like, well, uh, well, what do we do? We're here camped and that guy is gone now. And so what do we do? Leaving a legacy is so important. The way we end is very important because we want to leave something for those who are children, children's children, children's children, and far off to have something, right? 40 years from now is a long time. 40 years from now, my son is going to be 50. That's kind of weird, right? I just thought of that right now. Like, he's going to be 50, so that's odd. It's going to look a lot different. We don't know what it's going to look like, but when he's 50, I want him to be in a place where he is training up other people, right? And those of you with adult children, I'm sure, when they were small, when they were older, that's what you wanted for them, right? That's what you prayed for. That's what you were hoping for. So that when we are not able to keep training and teaching, the ones who have come after us will be the ones who keep teaching and training. But the people of Israel in the book of Judges, missed that. They began their story a little bit flawed. And a lot of us, too. You know, we, we, we have hard beginnings, or maybe we're trying to figure it out now, and, 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 and maybe we feel like we're getting close to the ending, but how do we leave a legacy? And so the first judge, uh, if you flip over, if you're still in Judges, to chapter 3, uh, the first judge is Othniel. And so Othniel um, is, is the first judge. And so we see that, that Othniel did what all the other judges did. So, so Joshua has died, and he left this void. And so they started off asking God, what do we do? And so they sent Judah. And, and so the, the first two chapters are about Judah kind of conquering the land and, and, and doing what God had called them to do. So, chapter 3, verse 7. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, for they, they forgot the Lord their God and served Baals and Asherahs. The anger of the Lord burned against Israel so that he sold them to the hands of the Kirshan Rishathim. Not exactly sure how you pronounce that guy's place, but the king of Aram, him, the king of Aram, uh, to whom the Israelites were subject for eight years. But when they cried out to the Lord, he raised up for them a deliverer, Othniel, son of Kenzar, Caleb's younger brother. Okay, so, he, so Caleb, Caleb was one of the 12 spies, right? Caleb and Joshua were the only two who said, yep, we can take the land, right? So it's that Caleb. Caleb's younger brother. So he is the nephew of Caleb who, uh, who saved them. Verse 10, the spirit of the Lord came upon him so that he, he became Israel's judge and went to war. The Lord gave the king of Aram into the hands of Othniel who overpowered him. So the land had peace for 40 years until... Othniel died. That 40 years again, right? We don't know what's going to happen in 40 years. 
but what are we leaving a legacy, right? So the Israelites had peace for 40 years until Othniel died. And then the next verse is, once again, Israel did evil in the eyes of the Lord. We're going to stop there because that's the next judge, judge's story. But that's what happens, right? When, when, when we start with a foundation that is wavering, when we start with a foundation of we're not really sure what to do, then it's very difficult to leave a legacy of this is what you're supposed to do because we, we, we didn't really know what to do in the first place. So Othniel got handed a bunch of problems. And by God's grace, and the, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he was able to lead Israel into peace and lead Israel into, into uh, hope again. But we see there was something wrong again because when he died he left another void so his beginning was difficult because joshua struggled and joshua did not have a joshua for himself he did not have a person that he was raising up even though caleb was there and caleb was still alive even so caleb was a leader also but they did not have a person they were pouring into that's why we're flawed. That's why they were flawed. But in Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 7, we, we, see, we see the one hero who is not flawed. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Now, this is after Jesus had spent time teaching the people about the, the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount. He says, therefore... Anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had the foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who builds his house on a sand. The rains came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell with a crash. Jesus finished. Jesus, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowd was amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as the other teachers of the law. So just a heads up. The only one person who is the not-flawed hero, and I'm probably going to be talking about a lot, is Jesus. Amen. So, as we look at these, these men and, and Deborah, she's men and lady, um, we will be looking at them and seeing how maybe we connect with them, have, maybe how we can learn from them. But ultimately, when, when, we, when we try to just be like these, these people, these heroes, these judges, then, then we're going to fail like they did because they were good for a while. A lot of us are great for a while, but if our foundation is not in Christ, we will ultimately fail. So I, I believe that... that what was happening in the beginning of Judges and all throughout Judges, right? Because it was, yep, they had peace, the person died, then, then they did evil in the sight of the Lord. They did not take into account the teachings from Deuteronomy or from God, right? From Moses. Everyone who puts these things into, these words of mine into practice. Are we putting these words into practice? 
Now we have a lot more words, which is I'm thankful for, and I'm sure you're thankful for, that, that we can learn and we can grow. Because as, as the Psalms says in 118 verse 22, the stones the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And we know that's Christ. When Christ is our cornerstone, right? It, it, he's, it, when we put our trust in him, instead of those things that we just, well, uh, we forgot, and, and we didn't teach our children, we didn't teach our grandchildren, we didn't teach those around us in our neighborhood, we, we just kind of like let it go because, well, things are fine for now. You know, when, when Joshua was alive, they, they were just going from this place to that place to that place, conquering all kinds of places. Everything was great. Everything was going so well. They forgot the foundation for the next generation. And hopefully things are going well. I believe things are going well for many of us, for most of us. But are we forgetting about the foundation for tomorrow? We don't want to forget about tomorrow's foundation. Because just like the wise and foolish builder, maybe it's not our house. Maybe our house is firmly planted on a rock, right? Well, I built my foundation and my, my house is built upon the rock. And I've had lots of storms come on me, right? Because... We've been around for a while, and we've had that foundation, but what about them? Sometimes there's people around us that we see that maybe their foundation or the sand that they're trying to build upon is wavering. Othniel was a man who, who came into a wavering situation when, when, when the foundation they had built on was sand, was shifting, was not easy, but he was able to, instead of um, just trying to hold it together, he was able to take and transition the foundation that they were on and make it something that was worthwhile. And he was able to succeed with the help of the Lord. So his foundation became good, but then he forgot to teach others how to lay their foundation so that the next generation, after he was gone, was still holding fast. But thankfully, we have the cornerstone that was rejected by the builders. We have Jesus Christ now, thankfully, because in their time, you, sometimes we look at the Old Testament and we're like, man, why did they do this stuff? Man, they were so wrong. They were, but, but in reality, we have Christ and we have the Holy Spirit working, so there's something a lot more that we have, but it takes us still doing something. In 1 first, uh, first Corinthians chapter 3, uh, the Apostle Paul mentions this too, this idea of foundations. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, excuse me, verse 10. By the grace God gave, has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder and someone else is building upon it. All right, I'm going to stop there real quick. So what did the Apostle Paul do? He laid a foundation for who? Someone else to build upon. He, he, he's, he's, he's mentioning here that, that, that it's not just him. And he's, he's believing that when he is gone, because we're not going to last forever on this earth, we'll last forever in heaven when we have Jesus Christ. But when we're gone, there's a foundation laid, right? The Apostle Paul started a whole bunch of churches, but he did not stay at each one. 
he laid a foundation and said, right, just like what Jesus said, take his words, and if you do that, you'll be a, a strong and mighty tower, a house built on the rock. But each one should be careful how he builds, for no one can lay a foundation other than the, the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If, anyone, if any man builds on, the, on this foundation using silver or gold, costly stones, wood or hay, straw, his work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it in light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of a man's work. If you, if, if when he has, when the build survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. Right, so he's talking about the same idea that we must lay a foundation and help others to lay a foundation. Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. He is the foundation that we must help everyone to, to point, you know, point to. And if we, if we build our foundation on Jesus Christ, we will be okay. But we need to help teach others how to build on top of that foundation. Because if you think about it this way, with the, the picture of the Right, the house built on a foundation versus the house built on sand. Well, it would not be a very good house if all you had was the foundation. That's right. I mean, I don't know if I don't know if you've ever built a house, Lenny, but you didn't put anything there. You just had a base. You just had a slab, and you're like, "There's your house." That would <laughs> nobody would like that, right? It's a good foundation. It's a firm foundation. It's important to have that foundation, like a slab or a basement, but it takes the rest of it being built. And that's where the rest of us come in, right? In Judges, they knew, well, if we don't know something, we should ask God. That's a good foundation. But there was so much more that they were missing because they didn't even know that when you're in the camp as the community, it's, it's Judah that goes first because Judah is representative of praise and, and Christ came out of Judah. And, and so praise goes first, thanksgiving goes first. And we talk about that all the time, right? In the Psalms and in the New Testament, we talk about that praise goes first. Give thanks in all six, uh, situations or circumstances. With thanksgiving, present your requests to God. We talk about that because we want to leave a legacy. If we only say, well, Jesus Christ is here, all you have to do is, is just accept Jesus Christ, and then you're good forever. They're missing something. That legacy will not hold up very well. Won't hold up very well. So as I've been kind of talking about this idea of, of, of beginnings and endings. I'm, I'm going I'm to talk more a little bit about the, the, the legacy that was built um, by Othniel. So I read that paragraph, and that's the main part of Othniel's story. But we actually see Othniel in, in uh, Joshua and later in Judges, uh, which is kind of funny that he's like later in Judges also. Um, but so in Joshua chapter 15, so Othniel apparently 
was still alive when Joshua was still alive. So he's the, he's the nephew of Caleb, and so Othniel is here. He's, he's a person who should have been being poured into, if you really think about it. Now, now thank, you know, thank God that, that, that he was a man who was willing to say yes when, when God came upon him and said, I want you to be the one who leads these people out of this dark situation. And now that can happen, right? Whether we're, whether we're starting out, ending, whatever it is, the town or whatever, wherever you are, it doesn't really matter. If we're willing to say yes, God will use our situation for good, but we want to leave a legacy. So if we don't have someone pouring into us, find someone and find someone to pour into. So Joshua chapter 15, verse 16, and it says, and Caleb said, I will give my daughter uh, Aisha, I'm going to call her Aisha. Anybody know how to pronounce her name? Evan? No. Asha, that's her name. I will give my daughter Asha in marriage to the man who attacks and captures the king of Aram. That guy. Verse 17, Othniel, son of Kenzar, Kenaz, Caleb's brother, took it. So Caleb gave his daughter uh, Asha to him in marriage. One day, when she, was, when she came to Othniel, she urged him to ask her father for a, for a field. When she got off her donkey, Caleb asked her, What can I do for you? She replied, Do me a special favor. Since you have given me the land in the Negev, give me also springs of water. So Caleb gave her the upper and lower springs. There you go, Othniel. Othniel got married, and they had a great life. Because Caleb, right? Caleb was a man who was essentially with Joshua the whole time. He's not talked about a ton, but we know that he was kind of like Caleb's, I'm going to call him best friend. I don't actually know if they were friends or not, but they were buddies, right? They were together. They, were, they spied together. They were the only two who said, we can take this land. Everybody else died away. And then these two men kept going, following Moses. And they, So I'm going to assume they were like friends. or We'll say they're best friends. You can decide later or ask the Holy Spirit. But, right? So they were together. And, and, and so we see that he was a, an important person in Israel. So he had property and land to give. And so his daughter came, and, and as, as fathers, as mothers, as, as, as people, we want to help our kids, grandkids, right? Nieces, nephews. We want to give them what we can to help them. But I find it interesting that they got maybe too comfortable. Sometimes we get so comfortable with where we are, right? right? They were taken care of. The, the bad guys were defeated, and now we've got springs, and we've got this nice place, and so we're just going to do our family thing. And then when Othniel died, there was not a legacy left because people forgot the word of the Lord. Now, I'm not saying comfort is wrong. I'm not saying, you know, seeking the, those good things are bad. But sometimes when we get so consumed with, with, with just 
our present situation, the things that we're doing, then we end up neglecting the call that God has for us. The call for Othniel was to leave a legacy. He should have had a younger person to be the next judge. We should have another person to be the next fill in the blank. Are we, are we raising up a next generation? Are we helping those who are, who are maybe phys, you know, like actually younger or maybe spiritually younger or those people who don't know the foundations of Christ at all? Are we doing that to leave a legacy? Because we don't know what tomorrow holds, let alone 40 years from now. We don't know if we're going to be here in this building 40 years from now. We don't know if we're going to be here in this building two years from now. We don't know if we're going to be in the house that we're currently in however long. We don't know. Are we leaving a legacy, helping others to build a foundation so that if we're no longer with someone, they will be able to help someone else build a foundation? We want to be multipliers, right? Go into all the world and make disciples, not just converts, disciples. Disciples are those who help others to build another foundation and build something more. When, when we look at the early church, the Apostle Paul was traveling around and he was building up churches with more leaders. Not so that he could just go in there, all right, well, I've got my, my, my big building with my lots of people, so I'm good here now. No, he's like, okay, who here is a Joshua that I can train for a while? And you're in charge now. Who here is a Timothy, right, that I can train for a while? You stay here now. And, 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 and we reach out to people. Do we have Joshua's or Timothy's or Ruth's? You know, you know the story of Ruth and Naomi, right? There should always be someone who is coming up alongside of us and, you know, helping that we're leading and guiding. And when we do that, that's how we begin strong and we end strong. God has not called us to be islands. He has not called us to be people that just do it on our own. He's called us to be a community. He's called us to, to be a fellowship. He's called us to be something that raises up more people. The, the IFCA has a, um, has a pastor's ministry um, like college. And so they are trying to raise up the next generation. It's been difficult, right? Because college is always difficult. But, but they're, they're seeking to be a organization, a movement that is leaving a legacy because, right, uh, Pastor Rick was here a few weeks ago, and, and I'm thankful for him, right? And many others, right? Pastor Dale, you guys know Pastor Dale, and, and, and Pastor Sam, and um, Pastor Paul, I think people know, and there's a lot of people, right? But those men and, and women who are leading now need to build up, right? At the men's retreat, we, we had uh, Devin Holt come, and he shared. And so, right, Steve knows Devin Holt's parents 
from years ago. And so, so as their, their leaders, they used to be the, the Northwest District, our IFCA, children's ministry overseers, and they, they used to do all the things with the kids, and so they were leading, they were, they were running with it, they were, they were essentially pastoring all the kids in the whole area. And now their son has had a legacy built in his life. And now he is trying to do that with his kids and he's going on the mission field. And, and, and so what can we do to build a foundation and help others so that they can build upon Christ every single day? We want to make sure that we're not getting so comfortable in the situation, in, in the stuff that, that God has blessed us with, that we're neglecting our call. I believe the way we do that is by starting on the foundation of the word, right? No other foundation can be at all good except for the, that that is already built on Christ. So we must be in the word. We must be surrounding ourselves with those who are also in the word, right? Let's, let's, let's come together. Let's, let's, let's read the Bible. Let's understand the Bible. Let's, let's ask the Holy Spirit to move in our hearts and our minds and our, in our church and our families that's how we make sure that the foundation, right? In Deuteronomy, it says, write it on, on your doorposts and, and hang it around and have it in your heart and love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's how we do that. That's how we start the foundation. And then we train others. We teach others. Are we equipping the kids, the teachers of the kids? Because maybe, maybe you're not a person who can be in the kids' room. Maybe you are. But if you're not, how can we help equip those who are? Because we don't want to be just all about me. Well, I come and I, I learn something and now I'm good. We want to build foundations for those who are younger. And maybe it's your next door neighbor. Maybe it's the, uh, the car guy that you have. And you're just like, yep, this guy, I just you know, need to help him find a foundation in Christ. Or maybe it's, I don't know, your hair stylist? I don't know. Anybody. Where is a person that we can help create a lasting effect that even when we're gone, the foundations have been built, but we must first be in the Word as much as possible so that we can test and approve what God's perfect plan is for our lives. So build, <clears throat> excuse me, build those foundations and so, you know, as, as Evan shared, the small groups, if you're not part of one yet, the Sunday one starts tonight, and it's, it's about letting go of hurts and, and hang-ups and, and, and problems, and all of us have problems, maybe some more than others, but, but if you want to come and, and learn, or you want to come and, 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 and be equipped to help others who you know may be struggling in different areas, do that. Or on Wednesdays, Come, we're reading the New Testament. It's been fun. I had to already catch up on Friday. I was already behind. It's a lot of reading. But it's a great way to experience the, the Bible in maybe a new way and, and, and help us to, to lay a foundation of I need to take at least this much time every single day and then now I'm doing it, now I'm doing it, I'm getting into a, a routine and a habit, and now, now it's just coming out because I'm thinking about it all the time. Oh, I, wow, I just, I just read that. I was just reading that. I was just, let me tell you about what I'm excited about. Let me, let me share, let's be encouraged, let's, let's work together, let's come together so that we can have the foundation 
of Christ. And in doing that, we'll start leaving a legacy that will live long after us because like this church, my family, your families, just because I'm gone and you're gone, we don't want everything to crumble, right? We want things to be able to go on way beyond us for the glory of God. We want to leave that foundation and help others, just like the Apostle Paul said, right? That, that Christ is the foundation and, and we help somebody else. Hey, here's, here's Christ is the foundation, not the, not the shifting sands of, of money, of, 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 of men or women, of, of stuff, all that, right? Those are foundations that eventually will crumble. Those are foundations that will eventually fall. But here's the foundation of Christ and now let's help each other. Hey, look, this is what I have done. Here's, here's what I've learned. Here's, here's, here's what we can do together and then build that just like Moses did for Joshua. Because when Moses died, Joshua knew exactly what to do. Joshua starts, Joshua chapter 1, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' age. So both books start with this idea of, of the leader died. There was no leader in Israel. There was no leader in the church. There was no leader in the nation. There was no leader in the family. There was no leader in the community. Wherever you want to put that, there was no leader because they were gone. But in Joshua, he didn't have to say, God, we don't, what are we supposed to do now? He's gone. Joshua didn't ask. God was already there because there was a foundation. The Lord said to Joshua, this is what you do. Here, after the death of Joshua, the Israelites asked the Lord, who will go first? The Lord answered them. So the Lord is there, right? God is always there. God is always faithful. I, you know, I, I enjoy the Waymaker song that God is always working even when we don't see it. Because it's true. He is always there. Even when they were in a place where they were not following after God, they didn't know his word. They didn't know what to do. He is right there as soon as we say, Lord Jesus, Lord God, help me. Father, I don't know where to do. Help me again. Forgive me again. He is always there. He is always faithful. But Joshua was a man who was brought up and said, you Here's the torch. I'm handing it to you. Joshua neglected to have a person to hand his torch to, his calling to, his leadership to. He kind of just was like, well, things are going really well. And, he, and the end of Joshua's life was a little bit difficult, right? And the people were starting to have problems. And, and then everything kind of started falling apart. And then the entire rest of the book of Judges, we see this this circular idea of, of sinning against God, being wicked, and, and following after their own ideas and, and principles, and then, oh no, everything's terrible, let's come after, let's follow after God again, and then, and then things are okay for a while, because, because God is so faithful when we are not. But then as soon as the head person was not there anymore, the people fell away again. Let's not be a community of believers that 
whenever we're not in a neighborhood, whenever we're not in, in a town, whenever we're not in the church, whenever we're not in the family, the people around us fall away from God. Let's be people who truly see a lasting legacy in our families, in our church, in our communities, in our, in our neighborhoods, wherever we are. God wants to do something through us. Even if we've been missing it, we can start today to build that foundation. Just like the Apostle Paul, when we know what's happening, we can teach others how to build that foundation upon Christ. So as we, as we continue looking at judges the rest of this time, we're going to spend time talking about the different, um, different people and, and, and what it's going to look like and, and how we can learn from them, right? Because the Bible is all about pointing to Christ so that we can learn and grow. And so every single one of these judges is probably going to point to Christ. No, definitely. They all point to Christ. So as, as, as you think about it and if you... If you think, okay, well, where am I today? Where do I want to be in a year, in 40 years, or whatever? How can I make sure I'm leaving a legacy so that the book of Judges isn't just cycling over? Because today in our world, we've seen the same kind of concepts, right? People love God. Things are going well. New person. They don't love God. Things are not going well. New person. Loves God. Goes well. Other new person, right? Anybody noticed that in their lifetime? That maybe a nation, national thing, a world thing, right? When, when, when we don't leave legacies, it always happens. And it's happening today. Let's be the people who stop this idea. Okay, well, the church is real. The church has more strength. The church needs to be the real people of God who leave a legacy. And if every single one of us has a Joshua or a Timothy or a person that we're raising up, that's twice as many people. And then if they, each of them, then in 40 years from now, there will be a great legacy that was started from the people today. Think about that. It's a difficult concept. But look for those people, maybe at your work or in your home, that you can build up and pour into what God has given you. Because God, the Holy Spirit is speaking to each one of us all the time. What is he speaking to you? What is he encouraging you to encourage other people with? Train people in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. Doesn't have to be your children. It could be anybody. Let me pray as we close. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you so much that, that you give us the opportunity to, to serve you, Lord God. Thank you so much that you are the chief cornerstone and you were you, you are the stone the builders rejected. Help us to lay that foundation. And thank you, Lord God, that, that, that all of us, many of us, Lord God, have a strong foundation of, of your word and of, of 
who you are and who we are through you and because of you, Lord God. Thank you for that, Lord Jesus. But Father God, just like, just like Moses, help us to be people who raise up another generation, raise up someone else, Lord God. Generation's way too big of a word. Well, I can't do that. That's too much, too big. I can't do that but one, Lord God. Help each and every one of us, Lord God, to find one who we, can, who we can mentor, who we can encourage, who we can disciple, Lord God, who we can pour into because you have been so faithful to each one of us. Lord God, thank you that we get to be faithful to others, Lord God. Help us to not be a reservoir, just, just wanting those things, Lord God, that, but being willing to follow after the call that you have for us, Lord Jesus. And raising up another, another person and another person and another person so that in 40 years or, or however long the world may last, Lord Jesus, we look to you and know that your word and your foundation and the church will be even stronger than, than it is today, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus. That is what our hope is. And help us, Lord God, to be the people, to be the people who, who cause that today, Lord God. Thank you so much for what you're doing in our hearts, in our minds, and in this church. We ask, Lord God, that you, that you help us, Lord Jesus, to be people who, who simply follow after you. Lord, we, we thank you so much that we get to have opportunities to come together. We get to have opportunities to read your word. Thank you, Lord God, for the, for the ability to share your word to, to, in our church, in our community, Lord God. Open up more doors, open up more opportunities for us to just encourage each other and encourage those who don't have you as their foundation. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you, that you uh, bless the offering, Lord God, as we, as we give to you and celebrate who you are and, and, and the good gifts you've given us, Lord God, through, the, through our tithes and offerings, Lord God. Thank you so much that you that you just help us in all areas, Lord God. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you bless us as we go in and do your will this week. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.